Each day, we are continually presented with choices, choices that may have eternal significance. In this episode, we will learn the benefits of pausing to include the Lord in the decisions we make throughout the day, as well as understand the potential consequences if we do not. Have you ever considered all the choices you make in any given day? Many of the choices you make may seem insignificant. You may even make some decisions without even thinking about it or pausing to consider the potential consequences. Yet many choices we face have the potential for eternal significance. And some choices can result in consequences that are irreversible. Have you ever made what appeared to be a small decision and then found out later that the consequences of that choice were much bigger or far-reaching than you imagined? The Bible tells us in Galatians 6-7 that each of us will reap what we sow. This means that even though consequences may be eventual rather than immediate, we will each experience consequences resulting from personal choices. Galatians 6-8 says, The one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the Spirit, From the Spirit will reap eternal life. Think about it. The farmer who makes the choice to plant corn shouldn't expect to harvest beans. We all know that the consequence or end result of planting corn is a harvest of corn. This next point may seem obvious, but it's important nonetheless. Both reaping and sowing are based on choices. Sowing is an initial action. We choose the actions we sow how often we sow, and how long we sow. Reaping is the consequence we experience from the choice to sow. I make this point because sometimes when a person is reaping, they fail to acknowledge or take responsibility for the choices they made when sowing. The truth is that each choice we face provides an opportunity to sow those things that gratify the flesh or to invest in the things that please the Holy Spirit. That also means that each choice can determine whether the outcome is honoring to God. We were created to honor the Lord, to glorify Him. In order to do so, we will need to include Him in our decision-making process. When I talk to people about including the Lord in the choices they make, they will often say things like this, I don't think it's necessary to include the Lord in the details of my life. Or, I don't want to bother or burden God, especially with small choices. In response, I often ask this question, have you ever made a decision you regretted? They typically say yes, and then I ask them to consider the difference it might have made had they included God in that decision. Romans 12, 1 and 2 says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The world makes decisions independent of God, yet God asks us, believers, to daily surrender our desires and our will to Him as living sacrifices. Unless we intentionally renew our minds to see our choices from God's perspective, we will fail to recognize His will. And as a result, we risk settling for less than God's best for us. 
Isaiah 48, 17 tells us, This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. I am the Lord your God, who teaches you what is best for you, who directs you in the way you should go. God wants to direct us and guide us in the way we should go. He will teach us to recognize His best path for each of us as we rely on Him to do so. Whether or not we include God in our decision-making process reveals what we believe to be true about Him and His Word. For example, God is all-knowing. He's aware of every detail of our lives. He created us and knows us better than we will ever know ourselves. Psalm 139, 1-4 says, O Lord, you have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know it completely. If God is indeed a God of detail, if He knows everything about us, including what is best for us, wouldn't we want to involve Him, even what appears to be the small decisions throughout our day? We, of course, want to trust God with big decisions that have great financial consequences or long-term effects. Yet, by including God in the small decisions of each day, we are learning to give Him greater control, to trust Him with our entire lives, and depend on Him for all things. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. If we truly want to keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we will need to involve Him in the moment-by-moment decisions throughout each day, allowing Him to guide and direct us. In order to involve the Lord in our personal choices, we will first need to recognize points of decision. Jeremiah 6.16 begins by saying this, This is what the Lord says, Stand at the crossroads. Now the crossroads in this verse represents a point of decision, very similar to the way we come to a physical crossroad when we're traveling. If we're familiar with the road or we've already decided the direction we're going to take, We might be tempted when approaching a crossroad to just come to a rolling stop and move on. It's easy to be tempted to live our lives in this way, moving from task to task, destination to destination, especially if we like a comfortable routine. But what happens if God wants to have a say in the direction we go? What if He wants to change the course we're currently taking? What if He wants us to consider a new path? Jeremiah 6.16 reminds us to stand or pause at the crossroads in life, so we may each learn to prayerfully consider the options and choose God's best path. To stand at the crossroads is to place yourself in a pause or neutral position, to be without motion in any direction. To be in a neutral position is to prevent your mind, will, and emotions from making plans or moving you in a particular direction. We know that it's possible for us to be standing physically still while our minds and emotions are racing. Without pausing to consider God's perspective, we may invest in thoughts or feelings that move us in one direction over another. If we automatically follow our own way of thinking, our feelings or our desires, we will walk by sight rather than by faith. In other words, we will allow ourselves to be led by the flesh rather than by the Spirit. Pausing to involve God in the choices throughout each day is choosing to be proactive in your pursuit of pleasing Him. Yet learning to do so is going to take practice. 
If it's not already your habit, I encourage you to begin including the Lord in your decision-making process by asking the Holy Spirit to enable you to recognize choices and to prompt you to pause at points of decision. Initially, you may not recognize a choice until after you have made it, or you may find that you are recognizing choices but failing to pause to consider God's perspective prior to making the choice. Please know that as you consistently give God control over your decisions, you will begin to recognize more and more opportunities to involve Him in the process. Sometimes you have time to think about a decision before making a definite choice, while other decisions are made within moments of each other. This training can prove to be particularly valuable in these instances. As you practice developing this habit, I encourage you to focus on the benefits rather than becoming frustrated with the initial process. So let's consider the benefits of learning to pause or place ourselves in a neutral position at points of decision. First of all, by placing ourselves in a neutral position, we are acknowledging God's authority in our lives and our desire to surrender to His will. A neutral position allows the Holy Spirit to evaluate our motives so that we can align them with His prior to action. And being in neutral also allows us to consider the potential eternal purpose in each choice. Pausing in neutral provides us with the opportunity to test potential choices against the truth of God's Word and His nature. In doing so, we can then act confidently on absolute truth rather than follow selfish thoughts, insecure feelings, or waver in indecision. Now let's return to Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. God doesn't want us just to stop. He wants us to be intentional while we are in neutral. Consider this. Sometimes a person in authority will instruct a pilot to postpone their landing. The pilot responds by putting the airplane in a holding pattern. And even though the pilot is in a pause position, They are still actively flying the plane as they await further instruction. In a similar way, the Lord asks us to place ourselves in a position of neutral, while at the same time being intentional, purposefully active in seeking His Spirit's next instruction. Our focus is on Jesus. We are looking to Him and Him alone for guidance and direction. Let's study again Jeremiah 6.16. It says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is. The good way is the perfect way of God. These phrases show that in order to know the perfect will of God, we must be in the habit of inquiring of Him. In the Old Testament, God's people didn't have Bibles like we have today. So they passed down from one generation to the next those things they knew to be true about God about his character, his instructions, and his promises. Jeremiah told the people to ask for the ancient paths to bring to remembrance what happened to God's people when they chose to be obedient and when they followed their own desires. Since God never changes, by looking back, they could learn to identify and walk in his faithfulness. Today, we can practice remaining in a neutral position while also asking for God's guidance by using spiritually discerning questions. For example, does the Bible have anything to say about the subject being considered? How does this decision represent God's best? Does this choice reflect the character of God? 
In what ways will this decision bring honor to the Lord and please Him? When we ask questions such as these, we are promoting thought from God's perspective concerning both potential choices and consequences. No doubt, God has a perfect plan for each of us, but He won't force us to follow His directives. He will often wait for us to willingly include Him in our lives. Now let's go back and review Jeremiah 6.16. This time as I read, I encourage you to pay attention to the order of Jeremiah's instructions. He says, This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. We can't follow God's will without first recognizing it. When Jeremiah tells us to stand, look, and ask, he's encouraging us to stop and consider who God is and what obedience to Him looks like. Then, Jeremiah tells us to walk in revealed truth. He does not tell us to move forward blindly or to make our own way. This verse clearly shows us that when God reveals His best path, we're to respond by obediently following Him. In other words, It's not enough to merely consider God's will. We must be willing by faith to walk in a manner that pleases and honors Him. Okay, let's look together one last time at Jeremiah 6.16. This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. And you will find rest for your souls. Throughout Scripture, we can see that God always blesses obedience. As you choose to consistently walk in obedience to the Lord, He will provide abiding peace and rest for the journey. To involve God in our decision-making process is to recognize personal choices, examine options from God's perspective, and then walk in obedience to His truth. We learned in past episodes that God reveals His truth to us in three ways through His Word, His nature found in His Son Jesus, and what His Spirit reveals to us through prayer. It's also important to understand that since God's truth is absolute, these three elements will never contradict each other. For example, if the thoughts you experience are not in line with Scripture or the character of Jesus, you can be confident that these thoughts are not from the Holy Spirit. God's truth is the most trustworthy standard to use in our decision-making process. Amos 7, 7 7-8 says, This is what he showed me. The Lord was standing by a wall that had been built true to plumb, with a plumb line in his hand. And the Lord asked me, What do you see, Amos? A plumb line, I replied. Then the Lord said, Look, I am setting a plumb line among my people Israel. I will spare them no longer. In construction, a plumb line is used as an objective standard to ensure the stability of a structure. In this passage, God provided a plumb line for His people to ensure that their lives were structurally sound and in line with His will. Simply put, God's people reflect Him when we live according to His standard, and God calls us to live by His same standard of truth today. 1 Thessalonians 5, 21 and 22 tells us to test everything, hold on to the good, avoid every kind of evil. The Apostle Paul is speaking here of the testing of what people who claim to preach the gospel say, but this point can easily apply in other areas to help us avoid evil. 
To become proactive in living in obedience, we must develop a lifestyle that tests or examines each issue in light of God's truth. If we choose not to use God's standard to test each situation, we risk acting in a way that opposes truth. By testing our lives using truth, we can then divide out what pleases God from what opposes Him. Dividing good from evil, pure from impure, presents us with a choice. We can then take hold or cling to those things that please God while avoiding the rest. If you think about it, we are already in the habit of testing things. For example, we can hear or see an advertisement and then either automatically believe it to be true or test what is said to discern fact from possible false information. In a similar way, we can test daily issues in our lives using the standard of God's truth. For example, we can test information and conversations for truth. 1 John 4.1 says, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. You see, we can encounter information or counsel from a variety of sources without ever really receiving truth. For this reason, we never want to assume or invest in what people say without first testing it for truth before we receive it. In other words, it matters not what people call truth, but what is truth that is really important. We should also learn to test situations for truth. Our thoughts and feelings can produce a subjective point of view, depending on the situation. However, comparing each situation to God's standard produces an objective viewpoint. We can then determine whether the choice will reflect truth. Choosing to use God's truth instead of personal thoughts or feelings to evaluate a situation will help draw accurate, God-honoring conclusions instead of just assumptions. Let's consider how we might test a real-life situation using God's standard of truth. Let's say that a friend of yours who is a believer calls you. He's upset because he shared something in confidence with a coworker who then broke the confidence by talking to their boss. Your friend is hurt, embarrassed, and angry with the coworker. Then the friend asks you what you would do in this situation. What a great discipleship opportunity. Of course, you will first want to meet them where they are by empathizing with their situation. And empathy promotes teachability. Let him know that you're really sorry for the pain he's experiencing and the hurt the situation has caused him. Then encourage your friend to test the situation for truth and to rely on the power of God's Spirit to enable him to act only on truth. Let me show you what I mean. Let your friend know that Satan would love for him to be distracted by this issue. But rather than invest in emotions that fail to glorify God, encourage him to rely on truth and walk in it. For instance, Encourage him to remove all feelings of hurt and anger so he won't be further distracted or become bitter and resentful. Since it's God's will that he forgive his co-worker, encourage him to do so immediately. It's also God's will that people repent of wrongdoing, which brings up this issue. Does the co-worker profess to believe in Jesus or not? If the co-worker is not a Christ follower, we can't expect him to act like Christ. In this case, I would encourage your friend to pray for the coworker's salvation. If the coworker does claim to be a Christian, I would encourage your friend to prayerfully consider talking to the coworker about his actions in a loving, Christ-like manner. Remind your friend too that in Romans 
God promises to work all things together for good and encourage him to ask God to use this trying situation for his glory. Then pray for your friend. Ask the Lord to enable him to recognize each choice to walk in the grace and truth of Christ Jesus. You may also want to continue to encourage him with scripture via email or text. For example, Psalm 84.11 says, The Lord God is a sun and shield. He bestows favor and honor. No good thing does he withhold from those whose walk is blameless. Psalm 62, 1 and 2 says, My soul finds rest in God alone. My salvation comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation. He is my fortress. I will never be shaken. These are only a few of the many ways you could test the situation using the truth of God's character and his word. Even though this person is hurting, as he tests each layer of the situation for truth, clinging to good and avoiding evil, he can have confidence he's walking in obedience to God and he will experience Christ's peace. If you aren't already in the habit of testing everything, learning to do so can initially be challenging and may seem cumbersome. Keep in mind that God knows what is best for us. He asks us to test everything rather than leave parts of our lives to chance. As you learn to test everything, you will reap the blessings of godly choices and suffer fewer undesired consequences. The benefits of walking in the freedom God's truth provides will be well worth it. As you disciple others, keep in mind that people who haven't been trained to consider choices most likely don't think about potential consequences as well. Help them to see that by including God in their daily decision-making process, they will be able to recognize God's best in each situation. And as a result, they can make an intentional choice to follow the Lord and reap the benefits of obedience. Where does this episode find you? Are you ready and willing to include the Lord in the choices you face each day? By involving God in your decision-making process, the Holy Spirit will help you discern between those things that mirror God's Word and His character and those things that do not, allowing you to make godly choices while avoiding undesired consequences.